There are a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL draft this year. My name is Ben Solak, and I host the Ringer NFL Draft Show with Danny Kelly, Danny Heifetz, and Greg Horbeck. We cover trades, free agency, and the draft, which is, yeah, obviously. We'll tell you about everything, which includes which quarterbacks are good, which quarterbacks are bad, and which quarterbacks are just Kirk Cousins. That is the Ringer NFL Draft Show. Search the Ringer NFL Draft Show on Spotify. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays all in one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like... Can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Welcome to the Ringers, Philly special, Sheol Kapadia, here in Media, Pennsylvania, joined by Ben Solak, who is in Indianapolis on Radio Row at the Combine, meaning who knows who could pop in, someone might be walking behind him, someone might want to just, you know, introduce themselves to the Philly special crowd, that's the noise you hear in the background, which I always enjoy, a little natural sound, Benny Souls, how's Indianapolis treating you? Well, well, it's great. I appreciate, uh, you know, po- uh, total honesty here on the, on the Ringer Philly special. I put this pod in my calendar for Friday. We are recording on Thursday. Cliff and Shield hit me up, 1.08 p.m. Ben, how we doing? I looked at my calendar and I was like, this is a tactical error. That's on me. I apologize. Glad that everybody rescheduled for me. Very appreciative. Um, yeah, no, Indianapolis is a great time. It's beautiful. It's a lot of fun. You know, you uh, I'd say it's beautiful because I love this weather. Everybody else doesn't like it. Um, but you're doing the thing as per usual. Got on the, the video call this morning. Shields sipping an espresso from like one of those little double-walled glass cups at 1 p.m. The man just, just high class. I didn't know I was in the presence of royalty. It's unbelievable. Uh, first of all, I like an espresso in the afternoon. Now, I don't always do the caffeine in the afternoon. I've been feeling a little lethargic. I don't know if it's allergies, a cold or what. I need a little boost to get my energy up. So I thought, I've been you know feeling what? a little lethargic too, but I know exactly what it is. It's staying up until 2.30 a.m. Yeah. every morning at Prime right. 47 in Indianapolis. No, yeah, I'm not I'm not doing uh, any of that. Now, I have been doing a Sopranos rewatch, so that might have like been a little inspiration. Oh. Like, all right, I got to, you know, which I'm in, so by the way, me- like the best content I've, I'm like, I enjoy every night, the enjoyment level, uh, you know, every episode is good. It's so I fun. couldn't name for you a single character in the show. Okay. When you, uh, so when did you get the little espresso cups, like the actual, the things themselves? We got uh, this like espresso machine. I don't know, it's probably been like five years or so. And when we did that, then we got the little cups because you can, right. you know, you can make a latte or whatever. But I just like the straight espresso. See, that's my thing, right? It's like we've had the machine now for a while, but we never got the cups at first. And, 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 you know, I started just ma- making lattes, making drinks, just put it in a mug and then you're adding more stuff to the mug. And recently my wife bought me the, the little cups, right? Oh, I was going to say, I could get you the cups. I feel like you're, right. you're a giver. I should be giving more. That would have been a perfect gift for me. Bad yeah, job, but, me. Uh, no, it was a, um, it was an anniversary gift. We had, we had our anniversary in January. Oh, she got me the little cups and, and, and it's because I find the little cups quaint and adorable. I find them so cool and everything. Yeah. They're great, but I'm experiencing a problem with them that I can share on this podcast because she doesn't listen. 
which is that anytime <laughs> I, I, I make myself an espresso and I'm just walking around with a tiny cup, I feel like the silliest boy in the world. I feel ridiculous. I feel so foolish in my own home. No one's even there. There's no one to yeah. see me. And I'm just holding a, the, the little It has a handle? Like Does fingers. it have a handle? Like no, the it's little just, handle? It's no, just the it's smooth, like, like double-walled one. Like, I, I, the, the one okay. you have doesn't have All a handle, right? right? No, no handle. It's like yeah. a shot glass almost. Yeah. So I need, I, like, I, and it's crazy because like, I'm not really the sort of guy who feels like I need more manly things. That's not really my speed. But when I'm drinking out of that dainty little cup, I'm like, man, I need, I need, a, I need a more resolute espresso cup. That, that's an experience I've been having recently. <laughs> I would agree with that. There, it yeah. is. It is not the. It is a bit of an awkward feeling. I feel like I should have my pinky cup. up. I feel like that's why it yeah. should be up at the time, and that's a peculiar All feeling. Right. All right, I'm gonna observe this from uh, Tony Soprano, Paulie, Sylvie. You know, we'll we'll look at how they hold the cups, and then I'll report yep. back on what the manly way is to do it. All right. By the way, you're are you on a new like skin or hair routine? I mean, the last two pods, you've never looked better. Are you using a new moisturizer, new hair product, new camera? What's going on? No. Well, we're uh, off track anyway. I figured yeah. I might as well continue to go. We off didn't track. even get on track, brother. No, I appreciate that. You're 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 used to seeing me <laughs> on, in the studio lighting, right, in, in the office, and you're like, oh, it's all lighting, it's all the nice camera. Now you're seeing me in a webcam in a hotel. Like, he still looks this good. It's unbelievable. <laughs> the the honestly, the you know what the legit answer is? It's that when I'm here, I'm waking up and I'm you know gotta take a shower, gotta make the hair look nice, mm, gotta you know get okay, a fresh shave. Okay. Oftentimes on a podcast, you and I are recording at, at, at 9 a.m. on a Friday. <laughs> Buddy, I got out of bed at 8.45, all right? My, my chief, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't go through a procedure here, okay? We're just trying to get the ball across the line. That's what it is. You're seeing me. I, I expect to see people in, in person, and so I'm doing a little bit more on the personal hygiene scale. I'm, I, I don't do otherwise on the pods. All right, so this is a you clean up nicely uh, uh, is the solution here. I, that go. is absolutely. I, I'm not a good-looking man, but I clean up nicely, and that's, that's, okay. that's where I butter my bread. There you go. All right, here's what we're doing. Uh, today. And I gave you very little heads up on this. I basically come up, came up with it this morning, but that's okay. You don't need a heads up for this. I'm going position by position, and I have a question for every position for the Philadelphia Eagles roster, and I can give you some background on where the questions are coming from. And I want to know what you think for this upcoming period. Not necessarily the draft. Some of it jump, you know, we'll obviously get into some of the draft stuff because it's all connected, but a lot of it might just be free agency, trades, like Ben Solak, what do you want to do? You know, when you are talking to Philadelphia Eagles buddies, uh, when you're on a text thread, when, when listeners are asking you, what would your answers be to these questions? So, so that's what we're doing today. So we are not doing free agency stay or go at this price tag? It, it, that's mixed in. But you know what? I started doing that, and then right. I got to like Suo Peta. And I'm like, I'm not coming up with like a projection for Suo Peta and asking you that. So I'll ask you about Suo Peta, but there were just weren't enough big names where I felt like that could fill the entire episode. So that's mixed. Okay. In. So yes, now I lied I, to you previously. Right. Because you're saying this morning, you told me this was the new plan. I can't find that message. I no, no, no. I said I didn't tell you. I said I didn't tell you. Oh, I, I that was you telling myself. me. Oh, okay. I told myself Understood. this is the new plan. Oh, yeah. okay. Excellent. So I was like, okay, I know I, I, I had the pod recording time wrong, but I feel like I would have seen a message where you updated me on what the topic was. Now I'm okay. All right. Excellent. So I want to do this. And next week, Ben, I wanted, there's been multiple requests for this, for us to steal an idea from our friends over at High Hopes, uh, who do the Phillies pod, where we go through our perfect off season. Each of Ooh. us. So if you got the time for that, next week we'll just say, yes. here's what we want to happen. This is this is the offseason where we will give it an A-plus for Howie Roseman and the Eagles if X, Y, and Z happen, and we can go through what those moves would be. So we'll hope to plan for that next week. All right, position by position. Let's get it started. Quarterback. Quarterback is, is not a very interesting one, but backup quarterback, Benny Souls, what are we doing? Are you okay with Tanner McKee as the backup quarterback for the 2024 season? Or do you feel like they need to bring in a veteran? The veterans on the market, you got a Marcus Mariota, you got a Gardner Minshew, Josh Dobbs, Tyrod Taylor, Joe Flacco, Easton Stick. I mean, I could go on and on. So do you are you okay with Tanner McKee as the backup going into the 2024 season? Or do you feel like they need to add a veteran to back up Jalen Hurts? Where are you? I think that they should look at a veteran. I mean, like, it's funny. I've had more Tanner McKee conversations than you would expect here in Indianapolis. Really? Right? Well, yeah, you're just shooting the breeze about the Eagles. Ah, oh, Jalen, you know, how did he look this year? How did he play? Good stuff this, bad stuff that. You know what? Uh, he's probably unhealthy this year. Uh, you know, maybe like, you know, they should have benched him, kept him healthy, you know, give him some time off, get him healthy, do the David Carr thing. Who's their backup again? Oh, that's right, Marcus Mariota. And then immediately I'm in there with, no, 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 no. Backup should have been Tanner McKee. Outplayed him in the preseason, baby. Good thrower of the ball. So I like 
McKee. And I think McKee is a good guy to keep around as your young developmental. Let him keep throwing it in camp, see what he's got. You Nate Sudfeld McKee. But in order to Nate Sudfeld McKee, you have to feel like you have an actual veteran that you can plug and chug in there. So I think you, you go and you do look for that guy. Let's say you don't find anyone who's got a good fit for you that you like. Uh, and you end up with McKee being quarterback two as you enter the draft. I don't think that's a, that's a terrible spot. I don't think you're, you're, you're terrified. You're just kind of going to be cognizant of the market. Easton Stick is the guy to me that I look at with, with, with the amount of mobility that he has uh, and, and the experience that he's had at the pro level. Like, Stick, to me, feels like a good backup for Jalen Hurts' play Just played for Kellen Moore. So you got the inside yeah, right. information there. Yeah, right? Yeah, last year. You just played for Kellen Moore. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm generally with you. I really liked what I saw from Tanner McKay, but then I'm reminding myself, sixth-round pick, has never played in a regular season uh, NFL game. So I kind of trust their evaluation there. I think if there's someone cheap... Uh, then you can bring them in uh, as a backup. But otherwise, if they say, you know what, we're good with Tanner McKee, we saw enough, he's as good as any of these guys, and they want to give him those reps, uh, that should be okay. All right, next one here, running back, Benny Souls. This is an interesting one. Let's say DeAndre Swift's market, I'm going to put it at between $3.5 million and $4 million per year. At that number, are you bringing back DeAndre Swift, or do you want to go in another direction at running back this offseason. Sure. Like at three and a half, four million, like I think, yeah, like he had multiple like 125 plus yard games for you. He is talented enough and young enough that I think at that value, at that, at that price tag, he's a good value. I also think that you, you, even though you had like a relatively healthy DeAndre Swift season, you have to be honest about his uh, career and a the many injuries that have nicked him up. I think that you saw them kind of move away from Swift a little bit late in the season and, and get Kenny a little bit more activated. And that might have been like about Gainwell and not about DeAndre, but it's not like, you know, they felt like, oh, this guy's got to get 15, 20 touches every game. Uh, so I think you're still knocking some other doors. It's such a, a vibrant veteran market at running back that I feel like you can bring Swift back and add a guy and feel like you're still bargain binning and, and committing at the position. So three and a half, four million, I think is a fine figure for Swift. I would still think that they would be around the running back market, whether in free agency or in the draft, just to kick the tires on somebody else. If they made that, that Swift, uh, if they made that Swift contract go. Yeah. As I was doing this exercise, one of my big takeaways is that their depth is pretty terrible beyond the starters at like all the skill position. I mean, running back, wide receiver, yes. tight end. You could even say offensive line, which we'll get to. Like They need kind of a lot of bodies to fill out the roster uh, who have some upside or who you can trust. Do you know where DeAndre Swift ranked in rushing yards last year? Oh, I'm going to say top 15. I'm going to say he's outside of the top 10. I'm going to put him at like 13. Fifth get out among of running backs. 1,049 yards. I couldn't believe it when I'm that. Yeah, you're double checking now. I like that that you don't uh, trust me because that felt wrong to me when I wrote it down. And I can't say I was fact check. I fact check everything for this pod. So good job by you. Uh, I had him fifth in rushing yards among running backs and 11th in yards from scrimmage, which I was like, whoa, that's kind of wild production, bigger than I thought it was. Uh, eighth out of 49 backs in success rate, DeAndre Swift last year. So really by any number you look at, he was a very good back. Now, I will say this. You compare his numbers to Miles Sanders the previous year, and they're pretty similar. And we saw yeah. Miles Sanders couldn't even keep his starting job for the Carolina Panthers last year. So I think that tells you a lot about how uh, scheme helps, how blocking helps, how Jalen Hurts helps, uh, all those things. This is a very running back friendly spot right. uh, offense to play in. So uh, that's why I think some people, I think, think DeAndre Swift is going to get like a big contract. Uh, in free agency. I just, with, with the other guys who are available, I don't think that's the case. I mean, this is yeah. a market that it could include Daquan Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry, uh, Tony Pollard. Tony I Pollard. can name a bunch of other guys who are kind of second tier guys. So at that number, three and a half, four million, I'm absolutely mm -hmm. uh, thinking about yeah. it, but I'm with you. It's not we're putting out all our eggs in a DeAndre Swift basket. It's maybe you draft someone, maybe you add someone late. This is going to be a running back by mm -hmm. uh, committee set up here. Would uh, you rather have Sorry, go ahead. I was I was about to ask you one of those questions. Uh, I do okay. want to say because I'm looking at the rushing list. So DeAndre Swift was fifth with 1,049 yards rushing, okay. right? Yeah. If you go down the list, the the next the next running backs are 1,040, 1,035, 1,034, 1,015, 1,012, 1,008, 1,005, 994, 990. Like I said, he was 13th. 13th is is uh, Brees Hall at ni uh, 994. DeAndre Swift had 50. 
seven more <laughs> rushing yards than him in his fifth. It's so it's unbelievably <laughs> condensed. I was like, man, I totally whiffed. Now I'm looking. I'm like, I whiffed by like a game's worth of production. <laughs> Um, so, that, so, so this I, is the opposite of what I normally do when I'm like the difference between one and two is the same yeah. as the difference two and 11. It's like the difference between uh, five and 13 is uh, nothing. Yeah, it's extremely okay. tight. Anyway, so I just found that very funny. Secondly, yeah, like if I tell you, hey, the Eagles signed a back for uh, two years, seven and a half million, right, is the deal they put him on. DeAndre Swift, uh, Gus Edwards, Zach Moss, right? Who are you hoping they gave that deal to of like those three guys? I haven't studied those guys enough, so it's more of just ha- like Gus Edwards had a big knee issue previously. His yards per carry is always very high. I would assume that a running back who plays with Lamar Jackson, that his uh, production and efficiency is going to go down when he's not playing with Lamar Jackson. So I don't know. I think I might want DeAndre Swift out of those three. Do you have a strong opinion? Yeah, I've, I feel like it would be Swift, but that's the sort okay. of, I think... That's where the secondary running back market is going to be. I think it's going to be some of those names. And on that group, I really like to have Swift. I just think if, if you're choosing Swift, you have to remember that even though he was healthy, pretty healthy this past year, he is not reliably healthy right? That, that over the course of his career. And that would be true of Gus Edwards and true of Zach Moss. So you have to constantly remind yourself, expect your backs to get banged up, especially when it's a player with Swift's injury history. DeAndre Swift at two for seven and a half or... Tony Pollard, two for twelve. I'd prefer Pollard. I think, I think okay. that what what Pollard did when he was with Kellen Moore in 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 Dallas was really like you know some high impact stuff, some really juice up stuff, used him in creative ways, got him outside. Like, there's I, I really like the potential of that re, remarriage with 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 Kellen Moore and Tony Pollard. But I get like if you're giving Pollard that money. Pollard's kind of being your primary guy, and you do have to wonder with how Dallas went this year. Like, is Pollard capable of being a primary guy? And so that 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 does make that tricky uh, in terms of uh, do I want to give Pollard that money, and then I only want to give him 12 touches, so now I have to give Kenny Gainwell eight touches a game. Like that that calculus isn't great for me. The other guys, uh, only ones we didn't mention: Devin Singletary, Austin Eckler, Zeke, uh, AJ Dillon, Antonio Gibson, Clyde mm-hmm. Edwards-Helaire. Those are some of the other running backs on the market. Uh, I think they'll be patient. I think they'll wait. I think they'll see, all right, who can we get for probably uh, around 3 million or less as a veteran. You still have Kenny Gainwell. And then this is something to keep an eye on, on the draft. I mean, ideally you might pick someone late day two, day three, who can really help you next year uh, and be a good running back on a rookie contract. So I think that's how they'll approach it at running back. All right, next up wide receiver. Wide receiver three here, Benny Souls. I mean, there's yeah. nobody on the depth chart. It's empty. Are you bringing? Uh, I know you're not bringing back Quez. Are you bringing back Olamide Zacchaeus? If not, do you have a wide receiver three who you would like to add? Here are some low co- lo- low cost options: Noah Brown, Mac Collins, Trent Sherfield, Lil Jordan Humphrey, Nick Westbrook Akina. Uh, my thought on this, and and I can go first here, is. You want to sign someone at a low cost and hope to draft over them. Uh, Now, I'm saying draft, draft, draft. I know you only have so many picks, but I think ideally this is somebody who's not going to get a lot of targets, but this is someone who's reliable, knows what to do. And maybe more importantly, I mean, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown have stayed healthy. If one of those guys goes down, like this is a big deal. It's, It's more of a big deal to me in terms of depth, I should say. Then as like the wide receiver three, if everyone's healthy, if, if you told me those guys are healthy, I would say, who cares who the wide receiver three is? You have Smith, AJ Brown, and you have Dallas Goddard. But if one of those guys goes down, you need someone who's able to play. So what do you think about wide receiver three? So firstly, Britton Covey erasure, and I'm very disappointed in you. All right. Okay. A, you want to get mention. some more snaps? Nah, I'm really messing around. Uh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, so I... I love the idea of like a Noah Brown back, right? Uh, again, reconnecting with Kellen Moore, uh, a, a Dallas product. You saw him in Houston have to step into wide receiver one role for a moment. Like you're bringing up, like what if AJ or Devontae gets hurt? And he was actually able to withstand some volume, right? Like, okay. 17 yards per reception or something. Yeah. Like he had CJ Stroud throwing beautiful bombs to him and yeah. schemed up stuff, but still. Yeah. 
Now, the Eagles, under Howie over the last couple of years, have traditionally used that wide, re- wide receiver three spot for a field-stretching player, right? They typically use that for speed and for distance. That gets more into your Ray Ray McLeods of the world. That gets more into your Trent Sherfields of the world with Buffalo, Jakeem Grant uh, out, out of the Browns. And those guys, like all of those guys, have returner ability for you as well, right? If you want to start to uh, put them in a rotation with Britain or, or, or to contend with Britain or to back up Britain, you know, if you need them for a week, like they got special teams value. None of the, the, all of those guys, though, are just. Alameda iterations and Quez iterations, right? It's just if you go and you get a Ray Ray, he's been in the league a lot more. He's a little bit more reliable than, than I think Quez was. Um, but I'd love to see them go more of the Noah Brown and Matt Collins route. People want to go get a blocker, right? A guy who can add into the, into the running game, could be a bigger target for them, and not necessarily just say, oh, we need speed, we need speed, we need speed. I would love if they got a little bigger. I don't believe they will, but I'd like to see it. All right. Next up, tight end. Is this the offseason? Now, this is, I think, going to get into a little draft. Uh, Draft talk. So I don't know how far you are on studying day one and day two tight ends. How many prospects do you have an opinion on right now? I've put grades on, I'm clicking to my tab, uh, 56 players. Okay. Uh, so my question was, is this the offseason to find Dallas Goddard's successor? And the reason I Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, they drafted Zach Ertz when Brent Selleck was 28. They drafted Dallas Goddard when Zach Ertz was 28. And Dallas Goddard is entering his age 29 season. So maybe not su- successor, maybe too strong. Is this a se- an offseason to invest a little resource in tight end, who's your tight end two for this year, but a guy with like a legit ceiling who can eventually maybe become your tight end one? Or are you just Dallas Goddard and, you know, bring back Jack Stoll or somebody cheap like that um, as your tight end two? I do not. This tight end classes are not good, right? Those, oh, you don't those. like the class. Okay, that's yeah. why you were. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Brock Bowers, who's a potential top 10, top 15 pick out of Georgia, excellent player, unbelievable yak athlete, unique guy, incredible, great tight end prospect. After him, like the next best guy is Jatavian Sanders, who's out of Texas. Um, people talk about him as like a late one, second round developmental guy, great receiving threat. I do not like the film. Uh, I, for me, I, I'd, let, I'd let somebody else invest in the athlete. Uh, Cade Stover uh, out of Ohio State, bigger guy, bowling ball body, good, you know, catch up the seam, take a hit. He's a role player. Jaheim Bell out of Florida State, he's six foot two. He's an H back. He's, 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 he's a Trey Burton. He's a role player. Theo Johnson. Well, there's no Penn- Sam Laporta, it sounds like, in this. No, game. no. Theo, okay. Theo Johnson is out of Penn State. I wouldn't mind a Theo Johnson in the, in the third, fourth round. Good athlete, linear player, but he's got explosives up the field, be a seam runner for you. Go check and see if we can make a blocker out of the young man. But they're, like, they took Dallas Goddard at 49, and Goddard had excellent film. Like, I, I got first round grade on Goddard. Goddard walked in and was moving Khalil Mack off the ball. That player does not exist in this class after Brock Bowers. He does not there. They are not going to find a tight end in the. You know, day two developmental starter range that I think has that sort of juice. Maybe like you know, I haven't caught Eric all yet. I haven't watched the the Kansas State kid yet. Like maybe they, I'm actually going to fall in love with the guy. But from what the consensus top guys are, this is a very weak, very thin tight end class after Bowers. Maybe you love you fall in love with Sanders. Like maybe they end up taking Sanders because like 49 would make sense for Sanders. And like they they believe in the guy that I, that the like I like I said I had like a top 20 grade on Goddard that I will not have that on Sanders. Uh, and so to me, I would be passing on this tight end class. No, there's a, there's there's two players in this class better than Albert O, dude. Like it's not a good group. Woo. Okay. All right. So there you go. This might be. You, you probably just have to bring in uh, a tight end too at a low cost behind Dallas Goddard in free agency. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. Talk about what is this this off season's version of my corner old cornerback take from last year. I think we're gonna get to it when we get back. Yes. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. Let's see, Sixers got the Hornets, the Mavericks, the Nets coming up. Maybe you just take some unders on Tobias Harris. Come on, you should at least, you know, make some money if you're going to have to watch that. No offense, Tobias Harris, but come on. Uh, you can do whatever you want. Listen, that's 150 bucks if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RingerPhilly and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit TheRinger.com slash RG. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. 
Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, we're back on the Ringers Philly special. I'm looking at these this O-line, Benny Souls, and I think the question is, what does a post-Kelsey world look like for this offensive line? Now, he hasn't announced anything yet. We don't know anything official. But I'm looking at this group, and I'm saying, if there's a way that next season goes really sideways for the Eagles, I think it may really have to do with this offensive line. Now, Jordan Mailata, very good player. Landon Dickerson, very good player, has stayed a lot healthier in the NFL than he did in college. Can that continue? We'll see. Cam Jurgens, average play, I would say, last year, and he missed six games. Now you're asking him to come in and be your center for Jalen Hurts in a new scheme with Kellen Moore. That makes me a little nervous. Tyler Steen, we're just penciling him in to right guard, I guess. This is a third-round pick who started one game as a rookie. Is he going to hold up there? And then maybe the key guy for me, Lane Johnson, mm -hmm. wonderful player, wonderful career. Everybody loves Lane Johnson, no doubt about it. This will be his age 34 season, Ben. Last three seasons, how many offensive tackles, age 34 or older, started at least 10 games in a season? What do you think? Last three seasons, 34 or older offensive tackles. Left or right? Left or right. How old is Trent Williams right now? Trent Williams is one of them. I'll just give you that one. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I, I, I'm asking. I, I like the thing is like I need. I know how the old and, and young they are relative to one another. I don't remember how old they actually are. So I need like a couple like fence posts. Uh, how many total seasons were there? I'm gonna say there were six. So you're saying six players or six seasons? You know, six what I mean? total seasons. Okay. Well, I don't have that answer for you, but uh, players <laughs> four. So you're probably right. Okay. Dwayne Brown, Trent Williams, Jason Peters. Andrew Whitworth. I think it actually might be seven, if I remember when I was looking this up earlier. Yeah. But you get I was the thinking, point. I was thinking Wit. I was thinking, so Trent just did it. I uh, Peters. Jeez, Jason. Yeah. Brother. Holy smokes. Still, was that in Dallas? Uh, I think that might have been his Bears. Was it his Bears? Oh, was it the Bears? Yeah, I don't know. He's been in a lot of spots lately. He's been in a lot of spots. Uh, but four guys. Four guys in the last three seasons who were Lane Johnson's age who started at least 10 games at offensive tackle. The point being that he could be the exception and maybe stays healthy. He still played well last season, but can you count on that? And then I'm looking at depth here. You got Jack Driscoll is a free agent. You got Suo Peta, who's a free agent. You have nothing here. This, this is like has to be a big priority, whether it's signing low-level free agents, whether it's addressing it, uh, in the draft is kind of giving yourself options at offensive line where if you lose one of these guys or two of these guys, your whole season doesn't fall apart. Do you have strong opinions on a Jack Driscoll or a Suo Peta uh, in terms of backup offensive yeah. linemen? Do you want to keep them, don't keep them, or is it who cares? Let's talk about the defense. You know I like a Jack Driscoll. I always have, and, and, and he's played now left tackle, right tackle, and right guard for them, I think. It, no, left guard. He's played yeah, at least no, three spots. He, yeah, I think yeah, he's yeah. played right guard. Yeah, yeah, it might be four, but I know for sure he's played three. Uh, the, uh, I think that he is a, a perfectly functional tackle three. Whenever he goes out there, Eagles fans are like, this guy's not that good. It's like, yeah, he's the backup. Like, that's, you know, it's what you do. If you have a good tackle three, you're hacking. Like, that's, that's, that's an unbelievable gift. Uh, he's, a, he's a fine backup at tackle. I think he's a good backup at guard. I would want to keep a, a, a Driscoll around 
for a couple of years for a couple of million like if he wants to stay and and, and likes the continuity of it i don't think there's a starting job somewhere out, outside of philadelphia for driscoll so I, I he would be leaving like maybe to compete for a job if that um i'm i, I i'd like to try to keep in the building i think sua is, is a little more you can find a sua peta uh I, I know that stoutland really likes him and so may, maybe they want to keep him as well but i would want to keep uh driscoll especially with some of the uncertainty of if kelsey's leaving then we're potentially going cam jurgens from guard to center and tyler steen who played tackle at alabama potentially going from tackle to guard Right, you're doing a lot of like, you know, a musical lot of chairs change, a little bit. A lot of shuffling, yeah. a lot of inexperience. Yeah. yeah. So I'd like to have a guy in the building who I know I can plug at a guard spot or a tackle spot and say, okay, like I have some certainty that whatever gap I end up with after we play all those musical chairs, Jack Driscoll can keep me alive at that gap if there's an injury. Right, keep me alive at that spot. Like that, that sort of versatility I'd want to keep around. But you're right. The uh, they when they when they took Landon, when they, like this is like a very interesting thing to me when they took Landon. Okay, like, you, you know, uh, you can be a guard for you, but you can play center and kind of back up for Jason Kelsey. And then Landon got there, and he wasn't perfect at first, but Landon's gotten better year over year. And I think Landon, like, Landon's gotten all pro votes, or he's gotten pro bowls. He's a solid, solid guard now. He really had a great season last year. It probably yeah. is, like, under-discussed, but, yeah, he, yeah. he was very good. And so because of this, there's now, I think, like an, uh, there's an ease uh, uh, mentally. There's, like, an, an instinct, an intuition to just go, like, oh, so, like, and then they also did that with Cam Jorgens. And it's like, oh, I don't. We haven't had nearly as much. And like, oh, and like also with Tyler Steen. Ah, like, yeah, they're spending these second round picks on these offensive linemen. And the Landon thing worked and like a job opened up for him and he landed in the job and whatever. It's not, it's not printing money. Like Jeff Stoutland makes it close to printing money, but it's not printing money when you, when you draft offensive linemen. And so you can't really hang your hat on either Jurgens or Steen yet. And that's an important, I think, uncertainty to acknowledge, consider, and to plan around when you build this offensive line. Yeah, I think whether it's Driscoll and Opeta, and I'm with you on Driscoll. I mean, I think you're probably looking at like under $2 million uh, per year. He's 27. He's had 17 starts in four seasons, has not had a clean bill of health. So I think he'd be looked at as a backup uh, around the league, I think, most likely. So I think if Stoutland likes him, you just say, all right, he's worked with him, continue to develop him. And you're right, like backup offensive linemen, you don't want them to kill the game. Like that that's the bar you're trying to clear. It's not, is this guy good? It's did this guy totally torpedo your offensive game plan because he couldn't do anything. Like that, that's the level we're talking about. And I think he clears that bar, uh, although he obviously had some issues last year. And then Opeta, I'm in a similar boat. Like if Stout says, hey, yeah, let's, you know, we he was okay for us, you know, last season started some games. Uh, let's keep him and continue to work with him. Basically, you need two guys like that, in my opinion. So whether it's Driscoll and Opeta or whether it's someone from another team, um, you need to add a couple backups. And then I think offensive line is a spot where in the first round, I have not done the draft work you've done, but I just think that that's one to really keep an eye on. I mean, if they have someone who can play right away, maybe beat out Tyler Steen at guard and then uh, replace Lane Johnson, eventually a tackle, um, that's something I could see them doing in the first round of the draft. Oh, All right. Well, little, little Troy Fontenot out of Washington. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's loaded, oh. right? Offensive tackle. Mm. Oh, my gosh, Shield. This, this class is going to save offensive line play in the league. Where the, the the revolution has come. The the long night is over. Dawn is breaking. We're going to have good offensive linemen again. They're all coming from this class. Every single player I've watched I'm madly in love with except for Tyler Guy, and that's a separate story. Uh, Troy oh, Fontenot. Interesting, because that's Troy- one that I feel like people link to the Eagles. Yeah, Oklahoma, athletic, whatever. Yeah. He's on stilts. Young man's got to do a squat. Uh, Troy Fontenot, <laughs> all right, Washington, multi-year starter, left tackle, guard body, a little versatility, hey, uh, high effort player, good eyes, good feet. Mm. I like a Troy Fontenot. It's, it's exactly what you want, right? Tackle guard, little Tyler Steen sort of stuff. That's nice. All right, there you go. That's his guy. All right, defense, Benny Souls. My Heard question, Hassan Reddick. Would you rather trade Hassan Reddick? I even came up with a proposed trade, okay? Nice. To the Los Angeles Rams for 52 overall and a day three pick. So you get a second rounder and then something on day three. Or would you rather uh-huh. pay him $19 million per year, which would make him the 12th highest edge rusher in the NFL, which he's probably looking for more than that, but that's the number I put on it. What would you rather do? How many years? 19. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're probably guaranteeing something in the 30s, so you're probably locking him in for uh, two seasons, although he's still under contract for this upcoming seasons, and, and I think none of that 
is guaranteed. So you're probably you're looking at basically, uh, I would say at least you know two years of Hassan Red. I'm taking the contract for Red. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm taking double-digit sacks at a known commodity under 20 million. For a guy who does like being here, we have to remember, like, Reddick likes being in Philadelphia. Like, this is not, like, I don't think he's going to, like, come in acrimonious and hold out. If he, like, you know, I think, like, if he gets a new deal, he'll be, he'll be pleased. I'd do that. 52 overall, man. 52 is, like. Too low. Yeah. That's, that's, okay. that's a, that's corner three. You know what I'm saying? That's, I don't know. I, I, I'd want a better, better trade package. Uh, I'd keep Reddick at that price. And to be clear, you could get more for Reddick. I don't know. I mean, Bradley Chubb got a one. Different edge rushers have gotten a one. I just look at it and I talked to the, about this with EJ and I thought EJ laid it out well is that we can look at the production and we can I think the NFL teams will look at a player like Hassan Reddick maybe differently than we do where a lot of them will say well he doesn't totally fit uh, for us again he was a free agent twice did not get uh, big money the first time he was coming off a double digit sacks and then the Eagles got him at a reasonable 15 million dollars per year a second time so I just think now he's 30 years old. Uh, I feel like the leak has kind of told us what they've thought about him, but I could be wrong. All you need is one team and maybe that one team um, would give you a better a package. Point. Let me let me ask you this, Ben. Would you trade your boy, Josh Sweat, let's no. say to the Washington Commanders for... Division? No, no. Listen, who cares about division? You get the best oh, package. That, me? That's over it. Okay. For 36 overall, so you're talking about high second round and a fourth in 2025 that could become a third if Sweat has 10 plus sacks. So there you uh, go. No. Are you I interested? Don't. 36 no. overall? Is, I, I mean, don't you're almost want in to. the first round. He's okay. good at football. No, that's tempting. Right. That that's definitely tempting. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 you're 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 getting the Montez Sweat deal that the Commanders just made. And I think Montez is better than Josh. And so like business-wise, was pretty good. I a huge for all the Commanders fans who have a sweat jersey. But from Montez True, number ninety, just take that number. I didn't even think about that. All right, make it a first round pick because that, yeah, I mean, exactly. That's a big for, advantage. Yeah. I, well, well, you have to set as a first, but we can guarantee you he'll wear ninety, and it'll keep all your fans happy and all your merchandise goes through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that I thought. I thought that's why you picked the Commanders was just for the Montez no, sweat jersey. It it's a good bit. Um, I'm not inclined to like. I, I Josh Sweat is a edge rusher in his prime who has improved year over year and, and, and plays excellent ball. It's just not good business, I think, to move on from that player. But absolutely, like what, when a team puts a top 40 pick on the table, you have to sit back and have a, have a, have a conversation about it. Yeah, Josh uh, Sweat last year, six and a half sacks, but same number of quarterback hits as Hassan Reddick. I was actually uh, looking at this. Their pressure rate was nearly identical. Uh, Reddick obviously had more sacks. Now, Josh Sweat is... 20, entering his age 27 season, Hassan Reddick is entering his age 30 season. So just if they're looking at, hey, we're not going to kick us. Josh Sweat's entering the last year of his deal. So you just mentioned Montez Sweat, which I think is a good comp. You're talking about if you want to keep Josh Sweat beyond 2024, you could be looking at that deal, which was $24.5 million per season. I think Reddick is going to be less expensive. And you've seen in your in the schemes you've had, He's been very productive. So I just wonder if that's, you know, if they're looking at that too and saying, all right, we're going to trade one of them. Let's at least see what the market is like for both of them and then make a decision there. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, Fletcher Cox, if he says, hey, I know I cleaned out my locker, but I, that, I was emotional at the time. I'm willing to come back. Let's just do the same deal as last year. One year, $10 million. Do you want to do Fletcher Cox bringing back one year, $10 million? Yeah. Okay. Why you not? don't feel strongly. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of feel a similar way. Yeah. I mean, like, I would love to feel good enough about Carter and Davis and Milton. Uh, the prop, uh, like, uh, like those guys, and Ojomo, I should probably throw them in there. Uh, like, all together, okay, they're, they're productive enough. They're great enough. We got it. But you had, you know, Davis kind of started to run, run cold at the end of the season for the second year in a row. Obviously, Jalen Carter started to fall off at the end of his first season. Um, I think Milton is a good rotation player. I'm not sure how many snaps I actually want to give him. Ojomo had nine flashy plays, and I'm very interested to see what he looks like in year two, but you can't put too many eggs in that basket. So, like, yeah, they should have a veteran in the room. And the easiest veteran to have in the room is the guy who already knows the door code and has been in the room for a decade. Um, if, they, if they don't want to spend 10 on Fletch and they want to go spend six on, 
I don't know, who's who's up? Is Contavia Street back up? Like, you know, you go get like a, a guy, then that that's also fine. But ten for for Fletch, I'm not going to sneeze at. Yeah, we'll see if he wants to keep playing. I mean, EJ was saying he sort of feels like Fletcher Cox might just retire here. He's 33 years mm-hmm. old, five sacks, 17 QB hits last year. We'll see if he wants to continue to, uh, to play. Uh, I'm with you. If he says, I want to play, let's do the same deal as last year, I'm probably saying, all right, let's do that. I don't think it's the end of the world to roll with the young guys. I mean, at some point, you got to play them and see what you have here. And uh, Jalen Carter, as long as everything's good off the field, I think he obviously showed monster upside. And Jordan Davis, let, let's see what year three brings Milton Williams uh, a good player. So we'll see what they do there. All right, the million-dollar question that everybody has is linebacker. What do you do? What are you doing at linebacker? How are you upgrading linebacker? Uh, Benny Souls. I assume you don't want to bring back Nicholas Morrow, Zach Cunningham, or Shaq Leonard. Okay. So if that if I'm yeah. wrong, let me know. If you really want to pound the table for Nicholas Morrow to come back, Cliff's probably going to hop on the mic uh, and tell you that this podcast is over. I don't think you're doing that. Here are some of the linebackers available in free agency. Patrick Queen, Jordan Brooks, Frankie Louvu, Levante David, Kenneth Murray. Devin White, Cody Barton, Willie Gay, Jordan Hicks, Blake Cashman, Drew Tranquil, Tyrell Dotson, Isaiah Simmons, Sione, you have, Taki you haven't, Taki. You haven't did said I the best anyone? name yet. Who did I miss? Aziz, Aziz Al Shair with the Titans. Yes, sir. Aziz was a linebacker three in San Francisco behind Drake Greenlaw and Fred Warner. Uh, and then he left the free agency, took a one-year deal with the Titans, which was, like, weird. And I thought he played well, right? I uh, I. I don't think it is the ideal world where Aziz Ashaido is your, is your starting linebacker, is your starting mic, and is your LB1 and whatever. I think it's more ideally a, a linebacker too, and he can play the weak side for you. You can hide him a little bit. But this is, a, this is a, a fast, physical, aggressive player who can tackle, right? I, this, this is the sort of guy that I would want to have in my building, especially if he's going to continue to be kind of like a $5 million player. Think the David Long sort of the deal. Um I, I, I like Cody Barton. I always have. I think he's a good coverage player. I think that he has a, a bigger range of influence in zone coverage than a lot of linebackers do. Wouldn't mind if he comes into the building for, for that regard. He has a lot of experience calling plays. He's got that veteran aspect to him. Kenneth Murray, who like I've taken the mickey out of Kenneth Murray a lot over his career the Chargers, objectively started playing better last year than, than he had for, for much of the last couple seasons. He's good, he, and he's quite physical, too. And, and um, there's not a lot of linebackers who in the league, off-ball linebackers who have his size play that physically. Patrick Queen is another guy who's physical and, and a little smaller, but still he'll play a physical game. He's going to be more expensive, though. I don't think they're going to spend Patrick Queen money, but like I wouldn't mind Murray. I wouldn't mind Barton. I would love Aziz. Levante, Bobby Wagner, absolutely not. Devin White, no. Levante is, is, is getting up there. Like, he played well this year, but it's just you can see that the, the speed's starting to go. Um, Jordan Hicks would be fun, right? Hey, Jordan, Simba, or Mufasa, whichever one he was. Welcome back. Um, no, that's Frankie Lou. Yeah. Frankie yeah. Louvu was an interesting one, man. Like, Frankie Louvu, but you, you got to play Frankie on the ball a little bit, right? You got you to be willing to He's rush him. He's a going forward player, yes. Yeah. And 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 so if if they're bringing in a Frankie Louvu, then they're really going to play some odd front stuff. They're going to play with an on-ball Sam a lot, right, in, in Vic Fangio. They're going to they're gonna be uh, – uh, but, like, you already want – you want Redick to be that. You don't really want to put Frankie Louvre next to a Reddick. But the Panthers put Frankie Louvre next to a Reddick had a good time. I don't know. That's a tricky one to me. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Louvre, uh, tackle, tackles for loss, quarterback hits, sacks. I mean, he is somebody who is very fun and aggressive and a playmaker when he's going forward, going backwards. Eh, I don't know. So those are some of the names. I think that the Eagles are probably going to look at someone in like, uh, I'm with like the, the five to $8 million range. I think they're going to be like, we got to get somebody in here. We can't go into next year with the linebackers we had. So I think Aziz Alshair is a good name. Like you mentioned from the Titans one year, $5 million uh, last year when he was a free agent, he was fifth in the NFL with 163 tackles. He's in his mid 20. So this is not someone who you look at. Uh, as a band-aid. So um, that's someone to maybe keep an eye on. Willie Gay Jr. was another guy. I was like, okay, maybe, maybe. that that mm. could be the type of guy uh, they look at there. So I think that's what they'll These look at. These are all great guys to have if you already have a guy. That's the thing, right? It's like right. you're, you're going you're gonna to spend a little bit more than you usually would to get a name that has a little bit more experience and has a little bit more of a toolkit. And then you're still going to lose the same stuff you've been losing to because they're not fundamentally the three down dude who has the full range of influence that's why like you have to 
like, this is like always my TJ thing, right? It was like, all right, TJ Edwards is a good player. Is he the sort of guy who could just be like, if he's your starting linebacker, you still have, you still have a starting linebacker problem. Even though he's a good player, you need to have two guys there, right? You need to have like a, a whole dude and then another guy to actually have the range of influence to be able to control the middle of the field, be consistent against the run. Uh, and so, like, I would love, like, I'm, I'm a big Frankie Lou fan, big as he's also your fan. I like Willie Gay for what he is. Like, Drew Tranquil took a step forward. Kenneth Murray took a step forward. Like, those guys, they all have utility. But if you if you if you drop, you know, banged up Nicobe Dean and Willie Gay and Kenneth Murray in the Eagles linebacker room in 2023, they're gonna or 24, excuse me, they're gonna have the same problems they had in seasons past because they're not gonna have enough coverage out there to actually secure the middle of the field. Uh, that's linebacker. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, they 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 know they need to upgrade. We'll see what they do there. Cornerback. My question was, how are you replacing James Bradbury? Snap. James Bradbury still under contract. They take a $15 million dead cap hit. If they release him, they can post June 1 that, which means they, they spread the cap hit over the next two years. I just ref- I, I don't think that James Bradbury is going to be playing for this team in 2024. I could be wrong. Maybe it'll be different, but uh, I'll give you my, my cornerback thing again. 74 corners logged, 400-plus snaps on the outside last year. Three were age 31 or older. Stefan Gilmore, Patrick Peterson, Darius Light. It is a young man's position. Let the young men play. Uh, see what you got there. Keely Ringo. Isaiah Rogers, by the way, fans love Isaiah They're Rogers. Very excited so, about um, Isaiah Rogers. Fans are very excited about Isaiah Rogers. For those don't who don't know who he is, he played for the Colts. He got suspended for gambling. They released him. Eagles snatched him up last year. And so now we'll see when he gets reinstated. He could be an option. So these are the guys you're talking about. Keely Ringo, Isaiah Rogers, Eli Ricks, Zach McPherson, Josh Job. That's who you have on the roster right now. Do you think they go out and they sign a corner? Or would you say, all right, we got Slay at one spot. Let's let these other guys compete uh, at the other spot here. What What is your take as they enter free agency at corner? I am worried that they're going to go Slay and then let all the other guys fly out there and see who can hang. Like that, that's, I'm very concerned that they're like, We've seen Keeley and we've seen Eli and we've seen Josh and we've seen Mario and like we're, you know, we feel like we can get a, a good corner here and we're going to let them compete and let them try. Like I'm very worried they're going to do like Darius Slay, Steven Nelson, or some Steven Nelson equivalent, and then let the young guys fight it out. I, that, that is my concern. I would love, uh, you know, get a, get a Rockus in, get a, a Shaq Griffin, get a CJ Henderson, get a. Cheeto Bouzier, go get just like a guy who you actually feel like if he plays corner two, you're not going to suffer out there. But with money already on Bradbury, I feel like they're not going to want to do that. So then it goes to the question of will they draft around one corner? Will you draft a guy at 22 who you feel like can step in and, and win the starting job at year one and be impactful? It, 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 it makes the most sense. They need to get younger. They need to actually have like a high-impact, high-caliber, high-pedigree player. They're in a good position at that spot to go get a Quinion Machado Toledo, get a Kool-Aid McKinstry out of Alabama, Nate Wiggins out of Clemson. Like There are guys there. I, I, I will believe that they do it exactly when I see it and not a moment before, right? Because it's, 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 it's corner in round one. It's how they haven't done it in how long? Like in ages, and certainly in under Howie. Uh, and so I have, I have my doubts. Um, and I'm, I'm concerned that, yeah, a big part of the training camp narrative on August is us charting Josh Joby versus Keely Ringo stats. And, like, don't get me wrong, I liked Keely a lot. Like, I think Keely can be a starter in this league. It's just you're, that's one bet. You'd like to have more than just that bet at corner two. Yeah, I think some of the guys you mentioned there uh, in terms of veteran corners who have played are not going to be that expensive. So, like, they, they could go out uh, and get one of those guys you mentioned and just add another body to the competition in terms of drafting a corner in round one, I still am in the camp of just because it hasn't happened. Doesn't mean it's not going to happen. I think some of that has been circumstantial. I think they've had guys graded highly. I think if draft board drafts fell different ways that we would not be talking about how they don't have, uh, have not drafted a corner first round corner under Howie since Lito Shepard, uh, I think for the organization. So uh, I, I think there is definitely a, I don't know what the chance is, but I would not be surprised if they sign, if they drafted a corner in the first round, I don't think this is a spot where they're going to be aggressive in free agency. I don't think they, first of all, there aren't a lot of big names. I mean, it's Jalen Johnson and Legereus Sneed basically. And both those guys are probably getting franchise tagged beyond that. It's not a great group. And so I, I don't think they're going to sign one of these older guys. Obviously you don't want to do that. And then the younger guys, I mean, they can just let the market play out 
uh, add another body to the mix. I actually will not kill them if they go Darius Slay and say, let's let some of the young guys compete and play one of them. Like at some point, I think you probably are going to have to do that. You can't fill holes everywhere. You can't pay people everywhere. Um, and cornerback's just a tough one this year in free agency. So draft is a great avenue. Um, but other than that, I think they'll let the guys compete. The other one's Avante Maddox here. Uh, Souls, I mean, he's due nearly $7 million this year. None of it is guaranteed. He's played a total of 13 games the past two seasons. So, um, you know, like, is that a player you can count on? What does Vic Fangio think of him? Something's got to be done there. We'll see what it is, whether it's a restructure or something else with Avante Maddox. All right, last one. Safety. Is safety where they make a splash in free agency? If we're, if we're saying emergency pod... 48 hours into free that negotiating period, and we're saying, oh my gosh, they signed player X. Is that player going to be a safety? What do you think? I don't think it's any more or less likely to be a safety than another position, right? I think, let, let's, let, let, me, let me put it you this way. They're going to make a splash at some point, right? It's freaking Howie and the Eagles, right? Like, we're yeah. going to, I'm going to be having a lovely, peaceful day in the garden on March 23rd, and then they're going to ruin my life. Like, that's, this is, this is what the, I, I have no, no doubt about that, no qualms about that. Why, why, like, do, do you have a reason why you asked this for safety relative to the other positions? Do you have, like, an yeah. inkling, like, yeah, this is going to be the big well, spot? Well, yeah, I think it is a spot where need matches, uh, who, like, available free agents. I think it's a spot where Howie Roseman has admitted uh, it's really hard to scout college safeties, and I, I don't think that's an area where you're probably going to target someone early in the draft. I think it's a big need in a Vic Fangio defense is to have uh, good safety play. And so we'll go over our like ideal, you know, free off seasons next week. But someone like Xavier McKinney would not surprise me if we're talking 48 hours in, they're signing him for, I don't know, 11, $12 million per year. He's 25 years old. They say, all right, this is our going to be, um, you know, a cornerstone player for us here going forward. He's got the versatility that Vic Fangio wants. We're playing out of that too high shell. We're rotating guys. Um, and so someone like that, would not uh, surprise me. So I'm a yes here. I think this is a, a spot where need meets market and a spot where they would be willing to spend in free agency because we've, we've seen it in the past also. So there you go. Uh, Kyle Duggar. How do you feel about a Kyle Duggar there? Uh, I don't know that. I kind of, I, I feel like Kyle Duggar under the right coordinator is going to be a very fun player, but I think he does have his limitations, kind of that, that hybrid safety linebacker type guy do you have a role in mind where you say all right he's going to be successful here or do you say well he's a good player like we'll figure it out i know that's not how teams think but i would have some reservation it's it's not as easy of a fit for me as maybe someone like mckinney yeah. you you like a dugger i like a dugger i think that he could fit in the defense right because i think that you, you can you can play him from depth and have him come down to the second level and he's really 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 impactful when he does that he's smart he's hell he's so physical he's bigger than than uh uh, uh, Maddox doing, he can set an edge well for you, right? And I think that safeties in the slots in this defense really have to be able to set an edge in the running game, take on a block. Uh, so I like a Duggar for, as a fit for this defense. Uh, uh, a little Geno Stone. He's my Ravens. second tier. After McKinney, he's probably, if I'm yeah. saying, all right, you don't want to spend uh, 11, 12, maybe you spend six. Uh, Geno Stone is a very interesting player from the Ravens, seven interceptions last year. Uh, watching his film, very smart player. He's not like imposing yeah. physically, athletically, but his instincts, all those things are fantastic. So yeah, Geno Stone, uh, that, I think that's absolutely yeah. a name to One more, uh, Deshaun Elliott there, who, who played, I thought, well for the Dolphins. Uh, uh, both Deshaun Elliott and Brandon Jones, who were safeties with the Dolphins last year, where Vic obviously was, uh, both coming up in free agency. Elliott, uh, held on to that job and I thought played well. It seems that he like you know liked the Vic experience. I can't speak to the Brandon Jones of it all, but a, a familiar face that I can see them be ads. But those guys aren't super splashy. I I I, I hear you on McKinney. I think McKinney would work well in this defense. I think he's a a plus player who'd be valuable. I wonder if Eagles fans would feel like McKinney is a splash. Like when I think splash, I think like whoa. And like I don't think enough people know Xavier McKinney's name. But he's, he's a solid player. Yeah, I think he's gonna get. I mean. I think you're talking about a 10 million plus uh, player there. I could be wrong. Maybe he'll he'll get less than that, but that's a guy I'm keeping an eye on. All right, there you go. We talked about every position. We went through the roster. Next week, we'll do our perfect off seasons. Now, Souls, I don't know if you need to run or not. I know Cliff needs to get a dollar dog take uh, 
Oh, so if you need to run, Cliff and I'm I can hanging. do it. I want to hear it. You want to hang. All right, Cliff. You, Cliff is not happy. Cliff texted me earlier before the recording uh, because the Phillies are no longer doing dollar dog night. Okay. They are getting rid of dollar dog nights. What's they're happened in, to the country that I love? They're instead doing this buy one, get one free thing where I guess a dog is $5. So you can get two dogs for $5. So they're two fifty instead of a dollar. And they're doing it twice, I believe, in April. So I think Cliff is pretty fired up about this. You know, if I'm uh, being honest, sorry, Cliff, I'll hand it over to you. Go ahead. So, Shil and, and Ben, as you know, Ben, you just you just recently became um, a Phillies fan. You know, last still in season. the process, still a fledgling Phil. <laughs> you're you're a fledgling Phillies fan. You became a Phillies fan during your uh, during the run last year. You should have been a Phillies fan during the run when they actually went to World Series, but that's for neither here nor there. But um, the Dollar Dog Night is a it's a tradition, man. This is a staple in, in Philadelphia history. This is something that's been going on for basically is it's been going on for longer than you've been on Earth, man. And <laughs> short, you know, I I was a, a, an infant. Uh, actually, went to a Dollar Dog Night. I believe the first Phillies game I ever went to was a Dollar Dog Night. My mom, my sisters, and I uh, down to the Veterans Stadium. So this is a staple in Philadelphia, man. Like everybody loves those Hatfield Dollar Dog Nights. We all look forward to it. They they circle the calendars. And they just announced that there's no longer a dollar dog night coming up this season after people noticed on the Philly schedule that there wasn't a dollar dog night schedule. Now, I'm calling Cat. So, Shill, you read the Inquire story. You read the Inquire story today, and I looked at it, and I'm like, well, there were some rowdy fans in the stands that were throwing the, you know, the dollar dogs around up in like the 400 level. And then there were some parents concerned, you know, some people they had some, you know, they, they apparently they took some type of a poll somewhere and people were concerned about, you know, rowdy kids in the 400 level throwing stuff in the stands. Those, you know, those drunk college kids or those those high school seniors that, you know, skip out on last period and ended up making down to Citizens Bank Park, taking the train, whatever line that they took. And and to me, it's crazy. So you're going to end a 27 year tradition just because one night of some rowdy fans they've thrown hot dogs all around and now they're not a dollar. You trying to convince me that that's the reason why, or is this just some corporate spill that they're trying to make up an excuse for avoid having the dogs be a dollar. Now they, they announced a new deal in April of all months that there's going to be like a two for one special going on at citizens bank park. Why is, why is April meaningful? I'm sorry. Why in April of all months? Cause that's when the season kind of starts off. Uh, and I'm like, dog, people don't want that in April. People want that in like July. Or, like, you know what I mean? But in June, July, like the, the meat and potatoes of the season. What are we doing this in the beginning of the season for? And the statement here from John Weber, the Phillies senior vice president of ticket operations and projects. Um, we've been discussing a change for the last couple of years, the last couple of years. And the unfortunate incidents last year of the throwing of hot dogs, plus the feedback from our fans post-game survey, the fans told us that it was time for a change. You, come on, dog. You really think I'm going to believe baseball people? I've been I've grown up in this city. I've seen everybody look forward to dollar. I, there's not one Philadelphia Phillies fan that was opposed to a dollar dog night because some rowdy kids in the 400 section was throwing dogs all over the place. You got to be kidding me. If you're bringing your family to a game, chances are you're probably going to be in like the 300, 200 section anyway. I know Big Ball of Shield here. I know he likes to do the, the 100 level. So, Dude, you, <laughs> yeah, you know right. that. Shield's in 101. Come on. I know, Listen, I know they do. Been... They even do the veggie dogs, Cliff. And I could yeah. tell you, Leela, Leela loves the veggie dog. I got a picture right on the fridge over here of her pounding a veggie dog yeah. uh, at, at the stadium. So, yeah, this has been a, a, a staple for a long time. As you were saying it, now, for my first inclination, Cliff, and we were talking about it before we came on, was that, like, Phillies are not a cheap organization. I mean, Phillies At are all. pouring all kinds of resources At into all. this team. Crazy spending, which yep. I love as a fan. There's no salary cap uh, in baseball. There's two and players so on the team I'm, with $300 million contracts. That's yeah, like, I'm hesitant to say they're looking to make a dollar fifty more on a dog. It is a weird decision, because couldn't you just on the dollar dollar dog nights... Can we just get a little extra security and have a thing? Hey, if you throw a dog, you're out of here. I mean, it doesn't, and it's a dog. You're throwing a dog. You're not throwing, you know, like I remember in college, it was so annoying. People would be throwing like wa full water bottles. I mean, you get hit with one of those. It's, it's really going to hurt. A, a dog a stadium, is not going to hurt, right? A stadium does not want for projectiles. All right. You cannot successfully remove all of the, all of the various weaponry from a stadium. If you want fans not to be rowdy, win some ball games. All right. That's the solution. 
provide them with hot dogs than put winning baseball on the field. Exactly. And but on top of that, to throw up the excuse that they threw a survey of fans wanting this to not be a thing anymore. I'm calling cap on that. There's no chance in hell you interview enough people <laughs> to say, no, we don't want the dollar dog. You know how much it costs to get to a Phillies game now with like a full fan? Again, big ball of shill here. You could tell us the exact price. <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> <laughs> And what these tickets be costing and whatever they go with StubHub and all that. But I know it's not cheap to bring the kids out. So imagine taking away a couple nights. I don't know. Again, I don't know how many nights there is dollar dog. I felt like it was like, Six, seven, or eight. I think a year. it was definitely more than yeah. It was definitely more than a couple. It felt like I'm with you. It's a it's a weird solution. I mean, those not like if you want to throw a hot dog, you just got to pay a dollar fifty more. Like, is this going to stop anybody from throwing? <laughs> I don't understand that you didn't. Even if that, even if I were to buy that problem, this solution doesn't is not going to yeah. fix that problem. So it's uh it's a very strange move to me. The Phillies in the last couple of years, I've pretty much approved of almost everything uh, they've been doing. This reminds I mean this is the perfect Philadelphia story. Like this is going to lead WIP yep. tomorrow if there's like a most most red box on inquiry it's going to be on there. This is going to dominate conversation on text threads. I wouldn't be surprised if by the time we get to opening day that this is actually reversed. Remember, you're too young for this. Back in the day, they had the hoagies to bring in to Veterans Stadium, or uh-huh. was it when they moved to the link? I don't remember. Basically, they said you can't bring in hoagies, and and people went nuts. I mean, <laughs> crazier than you could ever think. They're ruining our traditions. We've been getting hoagies in South Philly since 1958. Every game I brought a hoagie, and now I can't bring in a hoagie. They just want us to buy their food. And guess what? Next thing you know, all right, you can bring in a hoagie. It just has to be in clear wrap where we can see that there's not nothing nefarious in the actual hoagie. I wouldn't be surprised if this thing gets reversed. I think the outrage is going to be real. Yeah, they tried. Listen, they, they they slick. They think they're slick. They tried to put it on them little hooligans <laughs> and be up in them stands throwing glizzies yeah. at each other. That's the, you're not you're not getting through me with that. I call yeah. cap on all of that. Don't I don't like those youths either. Don't get me wrong. I don't like youth misbehaving now when I'm there yeah. with my kids. Oh, but, I love uh, a youth misbehaving. I'm I'm pro <laughs> youth misbehaving. You are a youth misbehaving. <laughs> give That's give why. the youth hot dogs to launch. <laughs> but you get you. I'm calling cap on that. There's no way in hell you throwing glizzies around at each other is the reason why y'all are canceling Dollar Dog Night. And I wonder how many people are on the survey, right? Like this had to be like a three-polled person survey where they found the two people in the world that were opposed to, or the two people in the area that are opposed to um, the dollar dog night. Because you can't yeah. tell me that people would be opposed to a cheaper food option going to Citizens Bank Park when everything yeah. is like I, I can't imagine. No, like, come yeah. on, bro. You, I, you it's, you, it's, there are very few things that are universally beloved by the Philadelphia sports fan. And I do feel like Dollar Dog Night is on, you know, brick it for chicken. That's yeah. a, I mean, Dollar, like the fans, this is what they live for. I mean, yeah, brick it for chicken or confusing. just yeah. give me, give me a, a crab fries and a bucket of cheese. I'm good. Other than that, they need to give me a discount on that. That's what they need to do. <laughs> you know what? That's true. You could change it to something that cannot be thrown. No one's throwing a, no one's throwing a bucket of fries, right? Hell I mean, no. you would actually be out of your, out of your gourd yeah. to be doing something like that. Yeah. Someone will throw a bucket. I cannot. I cannot <laughs> the speed of the time. Listen, throw it at me. I'll won't. catch it and I'll chomp those ben, things down. You would have to yeah. be a maniac to throw those fries. Those fries yeah. are so damn good. How am I telling you two about Philadelphia sports fans right now? <laughs> oh, they <laughs> no. would never throw the fries. Yeah, they would. I don't. Yo, these fries are too damn good to throw though. Like you can't. You can't throw. They're that good. They're like, too valuable. They're they too are. Valuable. They are too valuable for you to throw. You can't throw them fries, dog. If you threw them fries, then you need to be in an insane asylum. I have. I have no <laughs> no framework for the Phillies at all. And when when uh, Kimbrel Kimbrel went, well, who's that yeah. pitcher that, that yeah. choked? Kimbrel. Yeah. yeah. Kimbrel. We don't speak of him anymore. Yeah. Exactly. But, yeah. I was at home in in Michigan, having been investing in the team for like two total weeks, and I wanted to throw some fries. All right. People, I, I, they, throw some people fries. will throw the fries. Uh, then right. uh, people will not right. throw these damn fries. Chime in, Cliff. What's the what's the voicemail line, Cliff? I think if you would throw the fries, to... leave a voicemail. And, and yeah. yo, and we do got some old voicemails too that we should get through uh next episode. 215-315-7982. So hit us up with your with your uh glizzy dilemma here, your your hot dog dilemma, whether you <laughs> like this or not. Hit us up with your Eagles questions. I just chill, I just saw Joel and Beat actually talking about, you know, maybe I'm coming back. Maybe I saw that too. I'm just like Bro, y'all just dragging this like. Just, I'm, just, I'm, with, just, I'm totally with you. Just, I just want to look ahead to summer. Give me a trade rumor of Mikhail Bridges, 
and let's go next season and let's see if we can stay. I just, that, I just want to watch a little more Ricky Council. That's all I want, yes, baby. Give yeah. Ricky, Ricky some Council minutes. the fourth, man. Shout out yeah. to Ricky Council the fourth, balling, balling for the Sixers. By the way, Tobias Harris averaging ten points last week. Don't, week. I was don't, just gonna don't, say, don't God, give me off the name. pod. End the show. End How many show. more games until he's gone? End the show. Yeah, real quick. Three Sixers, three and six is uh three and six since Joel Embiid's injury as well. So it just hasn't been looking good for our guys. But no, well, who could have seen this coming? Yeah. They look yeah, terrible. but shout out to Ricky Council the fourth man playing hard anti-Rice Maxi. That's too. true. That could, anti-Rice Maxi. Maxi, love it. Ricky Council bringing Buddy some Hill, juice. and it's a shame nope. too because if Embiid was on this floor with Buddy Hill, man, oh Hill would be interesting with Embiid. Yeah, I mean he is interesting, but yeah, he would be getting a lot of looks. So that's what yeah. I'm saying. Let's yeah. look ahead, but we'll see. Who knows what the next few weeks will bring? All right, thank you, the Ace Producer Cliff Augustine for bringing yeah. the stuff. That's the, we should have led with that. And that's the stuff you need. Dollar Dog Night. Thank you to Benny Souls. Uh, from the combine. If there's breaking news, we'll be back. Otherwise, we'll be back next week. We'll go over our perfect offseason for the Eagles, and then we'll go over some other stuff also next week. Appreciate everyone listening. Talk to you soon on the Ringers Philly Special. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.